Welcome to Grounds for Discussion, a book club podcast for the average Joe. Welcome back to Grounds for Discussion. I'm Becky. And I'm Laura. And today we are talking about the book A Separate Piece by John Knowles. So uh, I personally have read this quite a while ago. <laughs> so um, as we talk, yeah. I'm sure, you know, things will come up and I'll be able to remember some stuff, but you might have to help refresh my mind a little bit, Laura. <laughs> well, we'll see how it goes because I it was a while ago for me too. Okay. So for our listeners, I, I, I'm i sure you probably realize, but um, was it last month we had an issue? Yeah. A technology I think, issue? I think so. So yeah, it's been a while because we plan to release this. Yeah. That a must before, month, I guess. yeah, yeah. Whoops. So it's been a while since we've read it. I am finding um, that the once a month, though, I I miss hearing your voice, Laura, every other week. I know, I know. I so, feel the same way. We'll see. I know. You know. I mean, this will be our year experiment. <laughs> Yeah, we'll have to see how we feel by the end. I mean, we're basically, well, we're like halfway through, right? Or yeah, more? more, I think. It's it's yeah. uh, almost September, which is crazy. I know. I know. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so halfway through our year of classics. Yeah. And how are you feeling? Let's gauge. <laughs> With, as far as like as classics? As far as classics as the in classics? general. Yes. Um, I've really enjoyed it. Good. Because several of them I have read, but several I hadn't. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, as I think it's nice to have a mixture uh-huh. of things. Um, I think it's been fun to have some that I sort of had a previous relationship with. Because yeah. I always look at it like a relationship with books, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is strange. Yeah. But it's like if I was introduced to a book really early on, mm-hmm. I think it's really interesting yeah. to read it in my 40s ah. and, <laughs> and how different things look mm-hmm. you know yes um, in fact having read things in high school or whatever yes um so this book that we're talking about today I had mentioned before on our other podcast that my son who was in eighth grade at the time he's in ninth grade now but um he read it in school and it was interesting talking to him about it after I read it because I was like, oh, this and this happened. And he's like, yeah, that's pretty much the climax. And <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. And as I kept reading, it was just interesting because I got, I got things out of it that I don't think he even noticed. And yeah. so it was, it was kind of just you know funny that like yeah as a freshman or as an eighth grader yes you can read the classic and be exposed to it but it might not all click until you're a little bit older and you've had some life experiences and you could say oh I really understand how that character's feeling or you know put yeah just put yourself in a character's shoes and so it was kind of interesting talking to him about it and seeing yeah. what he got from it 
So that's fun. I never get to do that except with you. Nobody yeah. else <laughs> reads with me except you. Yeah, so. that's um, why. And hopefully, some of the people who listen. Yeah, I, I hope people are. Yeah, are are reading some stuff with us at least because mm-hmm. I just think it's fun. I think but. we do have a few people that do that, which is cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm fine if people just want to listen too. Oh yeah, um, yeah, but. I just think it'd be really fun to, to go through with, yes. with others, too. And so. then you know what we're talking um, about more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, but they also probably know when we're wrong. Like, yeah, that totally didn't happen that way. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. You guys have completely forgotten the entire thought of this book. Wow. It really it. has so. been long for you, hasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, correct us. Give us a shout out on Facebook. Yeah. Like, hey, you totally got that wrong. Yes. I'd love to hear from people. Yeah. I think it'd be really fun. I know. So I think it's fun too. Yeah. Anyway, so you you want to jump in on yes. your thoughts of the book? Yes. So okay. Um, the book is a it takes place ooh, in the I want to say forty two nineteen forty two I think yes because it's like right after a. The U.S. had kind of joined yes. up, but it's not, Be, it's kind of still, yeah. you know, because they the front mentioned end of the that, war. They mentioned um, that it was like, not an age of innocence, but like they were kind of had this mentality of this is our last hurrah before we grow up and yeah. possibly go to war and all that. So, yeah. But anyway, uh, it follows the story of uh, these boys that go to a... Um, a school together, like a private school. And uh, the narrator, his name is Gene, and he has a quote-unquote best friend named Phineas. <laughs> and very quickly you find out that Phineas uh, is a smooth talker. He can pretty much get out of any situation just by, yeah, you know, talking his way through it. Um, and he's also, I mean, he's the leader of the group, I would say. Yeah. Uh, he's always coming up with ideas and uh, creative things to do and crazy things to do. Um, so it just follows the story of these boys, whether they're at their school and it actually starts 15 years after they graduate from this school and Jean is narrating, talking about something that happened while they were at school. So it's foreshadowing and you know that there is an accident or some, something happens with these boys while they are, um, together. So, yeah. Um, so that's how it starts out. And really the beginning drew me in. I, I enjoyed how it started and I love that foreshadowing. Like that's what makes me always want to keep reading yeah. Uh, when an author does that. So I, I really enjoyed how it started out. Um, yeah. What did you think yeah. about the beginning? I, I enjoyed the beginning as well. I thought it was such an apt description of looking back on your, um, you know, age of innocence or whatever mm. before you really kind of had to grow up. Yeah. And I thought it was so interesting how he comes onto the grounds of his old private school and you really mm-hmm. get these vibes of like a almost like a 
like a New England like yes. prep, Ivy Ivy League prep school yes. type place. Like it seems like all these boys are probably going to go to like Princeton and Harvard right. and Yale and right. you know like if if they were going to go to college, which mm-hmm. obviously at this time they weren't because they knew they would probably have to go to war. Right. But um, yeah, so that's the vibe that I kind of got. Yes. Like I'm picturing like very you know, prestigious Mm -hmm, type place. mm -hmm. Um, And all these boys who are supposed to be, you know, kind of the upper echelons, but yet they're still adolescents and they're, you know, being boys and chasing each other around and whatnot. And I just, you know, I just thought it was such a fun description of all of that. And I, oh, and one other thing I was going to say, I love... Um, how when he first, how when he comes back, mm-hmm. you know, the beginning of the book, 15 years later, yeah. he comes back to this old school and how he talks about how, basically how everything looks so much smaller and how, yes. um, he felt like he would know the tree from any other tree. And he got there and he was like, this might be it. Mm-hmm. Is this the tree? You know, yeah. like he didn't, he wasn't even sure anymore. And it felt like, oh, it felt so huge. Yes. And such a presence yes. in my young adult years. And now it's just a treat. Yeah. Like, but in his younger you know, years, it shaped who he became. That right. experience But in his there. later years, he could see. Yeah. It was just a tree. Like, it wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't, it didn't have these epic proportions that it had had in his brain mm-hmm. from childhood. Which does make you so. think, what in my life am I looking at that is, is huge in my mind. And if I were to visit it again, how would it be different? Right. Yeah, definitely. Would it be different? Definitely. You know? Yeah. It's, it's definitely a, an interesting take on perspective. Cause Mm -hmm. I think so many of us can recognize that feeling of going back to a place that was huge in our minds, almost giant like and just you know oh my gosh that was such a huge thing and being like oh it's just it's not a big deal at all like you go back to a place or you see an old teacher who was like yes practically you know a a god of wisdom Uh and they're just a human being you know or whatever so i think we all can sort of relate you know relate to that Yeah. yeah do you have an experience like that off the top of your head Well, I can't, I don't have anything huge or crazy, but I do feel like a lot of times even just going by our old house. Yes. I was um, thinking of that too, actually. The yard feels smaller. Yes. The house feels smaller. Yes. And it, you know, just, just, it's just such a universal feeling of Mm -hmm. this played such a huge role in my life as a kid. Yeah. And I come back and it just... It's just a house, but yeah. I mean, I still love it, yes. but you know, it's kind of shrunk a little bit, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. So. And I, I sometimes feel that way with my college too. Like I've been able to visit it twice since I've graduated and you know, the old stomping grounds, like just yeah, being able to drive around and, oh, this happened here, this happened here. And the memories that come up with that. But it is just, it, it does, reality does change a little bit. Yeah, it uh, feels different. Yeah, yeah. And um, what was such a huge thing in my mind, walking, 
you know, from my dorm all the way to the bookstore to work, you know, and it's like, right. now it's like, uh, that's like two feet or whatever. Like, why did uh, yeah. I think that yeah. was such a big deal, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think part of it is just that the whole world has become smaller for us mm-hmm. because we've experienced so many things that seemed mm-hmm. monumental. Yeah. Like, I remember thinking about, like, um, and and things that really are a big deal, but like getting married or having children mm-hmm. and this kind of thing. And then once you've done them, you realize they're all just part of the human experience. Yeah. It's, 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 ma- it's amazing. And I'm, yes. I don't mean to reduce those in any way. Um, but once you've done them, you sort of realize, okay, you know, it, it's doable. Yeah. Like it's not, it's I not think, this huge hurdle that you can't get over. Yeah. I think it also connects you to people more. The more that you experience things and the more that you talk about it with your community or with people that you're around, you realize, yeah, someone else has gone through that too. Like, either in the moment or, um, you know, even afterwards as you build that, that experience up in your mind, you can come to feel pretty lonely, I think. Yes. Um, yeah. And exactly. just being able to speak it out loud and say, like, this is what happened to me, or this is, you know, something that I experienced. And as soon as you do that, you realize, oh, yeah, this person and this person and this person have experienced that too, or in a different way. But um, yeah. And I think it actually brings people together more instead of separates them like I think yeah sometimes when it's something that is not good there can be shame with that but even if you speak it out loud I think you will always find somebody that can relate and right it becomes a bonding experience more so than a division if that makes sense yes yeah, definitely. But. And, and I, I mean, I feel like so much of parenting over the last year or two for Ben and I has been reminding our kids that what they're experiencing is very normal mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. growing up, it, you know, you think that what you're feeling yes. is totally unique yep. mm-hmm. and nobody else understands what I'm going through right now when really everybody else understands what you're going through. They just don't know you're going through exactly. it. And so it's like, it's such an isolating experience sometimes when you're growing up thinking, oh, I'm the only one thinking this. Yes. Or, um, I'm the only one who doesn't understand this thing mm-hmm. or, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so seriously, I feel like that's all parenting has been for the last couple of years. Just it's normal. I promise. Yeah. I promise you. Yeah. Like what you're thinking, what you're feeling, yes. the other kids are feeling it too. Yes. Even, I mean, yeah. we talked about this before, um, like on our own, how, you know, we're dealing with something with our kids and then you're like, yes, we're dealing with that too, you know? Yeah. And just having that camaraderie and, um, connection with people can make you, first of all, not feel insane, but then also feel like this is doable. We can do this, you know, just more grounded, I guess. Yeah, for sure. But um, so what did you think about, I mean, obviously the main relationship in the book is between yes. Jean, who is the narrator, and Phineas, mm-hmm. who is, um, his roommate. Mm-hmm. They, they room together. Um, but also they're supposedly best friends yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Kind of. This was, this was <laughs> and, interesting. Yeah. You know, um, and, and I thought too, it would be really interesting, 
um, to try to write the book from Phineas's perspective. Mm, it'd be totally different. Yeah. yeah. What do you think about their relationship? So it was intriguing to me because Phineas was more playful and energetic yeah. and always coming up with ideas. And he really counted Jean as his best friend in a lot of different ways and then you get Gene's perspective where he kind of is he just follows along with Phineas and I think he's a bit jealous of Phineas and he also uh you know takes things out on him a little bit but mostly it's internal and he's thinking yeah he's thinking negative things about his friend and Right. Uh, you don't quite know, like, are you not friends with him because, or in your mind, are you not connecting with him because you're jealous of him or because um, you just really don't think that you would be friends with this guy or you're just following the crowd and this is like a boys club type thing. Yeah. Um, you kind of don't know really why yeah. he is friends with him. Um, Which, again, from my experience, feels really realistic. Yeah. You know, there's, especially, you, as a, as little kids, you don't question your friends too much. It's just basically who was ever there. Right. But then as you get a little bit older, you start to be like, why am this I person's my, sort of my friend, but I don't always know why. Mm-hmm. You know? And then as you get a little bit older from that, it's kind of like, some days you're best friends and some days you're worst enemies. Yes. Or whatever, yeah. you know? So... Um, and I think girls tend to be really good at that too, mm. you know? Yes. <laughs> so part of me was like, oh, boys do that too. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know, like just that not understanding your own motivation right. or your own, um, internal feelings, like what part of me is actually best friends with you and what mm. part of me is actually just going along with he- it. Because... Friends with you. Cause you're my roommate right and here right. and that's who I have to hang out with mm-hmm. or what part of me is actually secretly jealous of you yes. because you know yeah um that felt really mm-hmm. realistic to me mm-hmm. yeah um I just thought it was interesting that well later on in the story so um they have this tree that the the what is the club that they came up with Oh, yeah, that's right. They had, like, some little club uh-huh. um, that they said that they were the only, basically the only ones who were, oh, here it is. I see it. The Suicide Society of the Summer Session. Yes. I knew I wouldn't remember. <laughs> but. And then one of them says, good, the Super Suicide Society of the Summer Session. Yeah. <laughs> Which is so true. Like, everybody wants to be, like, add their own little thing. Right. And it becomes the longest title in history. Exactly. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I, I I thought that was hilarious yes. because it's so true, like forming these little yes. clubs that, yes. you know, and we'll, we'll be the only ones that are part of it because this is the summer session. Right. And everybody will come back yep. for the, you know, regular term. Yeah. And they wouldn't have, they won't have been a part of it. So mm-hmm. it's going to be exclusive. Yeah. You know? um, yeah. And didn't, they were the only two that actually got to be a part of it because they were the only two right. that jumped off the tree. Right. They had this tree that they would jump off of, and it was pretty dangerous. And uh, I think they were the only two that had the guts to do it, right? Like, 
Yeah. Weren't there other boys that were watching and they wouldn't yeah. do it? And yep. at one point, um, Jean, like Phineas is on the tree and I can't remember, like, because there's two times when this happens, right? Like, they're on the tree. Right. They do it for, they do it the, for the first time. And really, Gene is, again, just a bit of a lemmy. Yeah. Like, he's kind of shamed into it. Yes. Like, you better do it, you wimp, yep. or whatever uh-huh. kind of thing. And so, he does it. And then, the second time, they go out to, to do their little jump or whatever. And I think... For some reason, he had just really come to, by this point in the story, he had just really come to the conclusion that Phineas was his enemy. Yes. Like he was secretly trying to sabotage um, his schoolwork, mm-hmm. and he didn't, he thought that Phineas was, was you know, tr- trying to get him to fail yeah. because Phineas wasn't as academically, you know, gifted or right, whatever. Right, right. And so they climb up the tree and Phineas kind of scoots out to the sort of outer edges of where you can be on the branch. Mm-hmm. And Gene is still sort of atta- kind of by the trunk. Yeah. And um, he looks out at Phineas and he jumps on the branch. Like he kind of jounces the branch. Yeah. And, and it causes him to fall. Yeah. And it causes Phineas to fall and he he didn't, he wasn't prepared so he fell wrong. Mm-hmm. And he was um, he was injured, and pretty much it was a yeah. downward uh, <laughs> slope from there for Phineas. Yeah, um, yep. And it kind of changed the trajectory of his future. And yeah, um, you know, Gene keeps it a secret for a long time, and eventually, you know, it comes out. And uh, I thought it was interesting how. Phineas, his perspective on everything was always pretty positive, and Gene, not so much. It was more negative, and then even the the hard, bad things that happened to Phineas, he would kind of twist them and make them uh, seem doable or okay. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And Gene just was, like had this guilt about what he did and the secret that he kept. And um, that's most of the rest of the book, just him dealing yeah. with um, the fallout. Yes, exactly. So <laughs> no pun intended. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and at one point he even tries to tell mm-hmm. Phineas that he, you know, he, that he had basically done it on purpose mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, Phineas just can't even go there in his brain. He's like, you're, you're saying you had just some wild impulse, right? Like that you were just feeling crazy, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like he doesn't want to put that motive on Gene that he actually wanted to hurt me. Mm -hmm. He was trying to hurt me. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think at that point, Gene wants to take the out that he's given him. Yeah. So he does. And he says, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Mm -hmm. You know? Just kidding, you know, I was, yeah, I just had a a weird impulse and I acted and I, you know, I shouldn't have acted on it or whatever. Um, And again, just, it just felt so real. Yes. Yeah. In the way that they both reacted to that. Mm
where do you think, um, do you think that Phineas really didn't understand or know or even get a glimpse of Jean's jealousy? I think maybe by the end he was starting to realize where it had come from, but I don't, for most of the book, I would say no. I think he didn't, I think he thought we're best buds and that's what Jean thinks too. Mm. We're, we're best buds. Mm. We do everything together. We're, you know. Right. Um, well, cause I think quite possibly Jean might've just been a kinder person. Mm. Um, and somebody who was secure in himself. Jean a or bit more. Phineas. Phineas. Okay. Okay. Phineas. Okay. Yeah, I th- I'm sorry, did I say Jean? I think so, unless I... Okay. I meant Phineas. Was anyway, it? I think Phineas was maybe a little more just secure in his who he was. Mm. And, and, and you know, he knew that he wasn't this genius academic, mm-hmm. but he did know what his strengths were. Right. He knew that he was a good athlete. He knew that he was a good leader. He knew, mm-hmm. And I really think he was a good leader. Yes. I think he genuinely led from his heart. Like, he just was like, hey, guys, let's do this. Yeah. And it wasn't like he was forcing them. Everybody felt compelled to do it because it sounded like fun and it, you know. Yeah. So um, I think he had a better handle on who he was. Mm. And so he wouldn't have imagined that Jean could feel jealous because Jean's different. Yeah. I'm different from him. He's different from me. We're different people, but we're best buds. But I also think that Phineas lived in this, like, I don't think he was always realistic. And, like, I think sometimes, like, even with when he when he got a sense that Gene maybe was trying to hurt him, he just kind of stuck, stuck yeah. his head in the sand. And I think he did that, um, like, throughout the book a little bit. And so, but it was interesting to me to think about the title of the book and how it relates to Phineas. That's what I was going to ask you. What do you make of the title? Well, I I felt like... Sorry Phineas... if I cut you off there. If oh, you had no. more you wanted to no, say, you're we fine. come back to it. But I, I mean, it kind of leads into this, but I feel like Phineas constantly had this battle of almost denial versus peace. Like, yeah. um, how do you come to terms with something... You know, and denying it versus, like, am I really at peace about how this is going and what is happening? And so I think that that kind of is how it plays into the title and how I read it um, or kind of, you know, looked at it. But, yeah, I think it has a lot to do with Phineas and his um, perspective and how he was always seeking peace. He was always seeking, you know, to yeah. no waves, no, you know, like even yeah. when it was clearly in your face, this is what is happening. He still, still tried to find uh, a way to make it peaceful. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, I, I agree. I think a separate piece is definitely wrapped up in, Phineas's character, um, even from Jean's perspective, I think Jean would say that Phineas created this separate piece mm-hmm. that they experienced mm-hmm. the summer before their last year. Yeah. Um, yes. And then once the actual term started, even even already by then, that it was kind of over. Mm-hmm. Um, the the separate piece was this this 
you know, almost purposeful denial, head in the sand. Uh-huh. We're going to have fun because yeah. it's summer and we're here with, you know. And because for, of, you know, like, and, a war is starting. So there's yes. this huge division between the school yes. and war. And right. let's be in this world while we are here because we will soon be here type of. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, so, so even the term peace is kind of interesting mm. because is it really peace right. or is it just right? Um, willful ignorance? Yeah. Or, you know, uh-huh. um, yeah. So do you think it was willful ignorance or do you think it was? I think that's always the question. Yeah. Um, cause even nowadays, sometimes in our culture, I get the sense that, um, you're, you're never supposed to display too, like too much happiness or joy mm. because bad things are happening. Mm. So how dare you be, you know, happy or joyful or whatever, or exude a sense of hmm. peace with the world. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I even was reading about um, this TV show, and I'm not going to mention okay. it, but where this, you know, it was like a Talking Heads type TV show. Okay. And um, I I didn't see it, but I was reading about how there was this encounter where one of the people said, you know, is it, you know, something about saying good morning, hmm. basically, like, and the other people were saying, yeah, you're, you're way too cheerful in the morning, hmm. you know? And she's like, well, I'm just smiling and saying good morning because i feel like that's the right thing to do you know and the other people are like well it's a terrible world what do you have to be happy about kind of thing seriously kid kid you not and so i i I really almost do feel like there's this sense at least right now in our culture of like um if you are at peace with yourself and exude any kind of like good feelings Mm there's kind of something wrong with you Mm. because don't you see like all these bad things happening in the world and all these injustices? Well, yes, I see them, but I'm choosing to not, I'm not going to live in that. Right. Do you know what I mean? And so I, I really do wonder like, was he just sticking his head in the sand or was he just choosing Mm. to live in a, in a way that, you know, wasn't destructive to right, himself. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I, it's a fine line. And it I is. think there was probably a little of both. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Especially you think of his age and you think what wisdom, if he really is choosing joy in this scary, uncertain World War Two world, yeah. you know? Or maybe even choosing forgiveness mm. because... I think, I don't know at what point he knows yeah. that Jean really did mean to harm him, mm-hmm. but he definitely knows by the end, yes. I think. Yes, I agree. And so, you know, you know, was he all along basically like choosing to forgive or was he just sweeping it under the rug? Mm. Maybe he was just sweeping it under the rug because he does get angry at the end. Yes. So, you know, maybe he really was just kind of living in La La Land, mm. you know? Yeah. I don't know. That's a great question. I'm curious what other people would think about that. I know. I know. I'd love to hear what you guys think. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's an interesting question, though. Choose the one on Facebook. Yeah. That's what you think. Yeah. Maybe we should post that question on Facebook. I think we should. I think that's a good idea. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> we'll have to figure out a way to can word word it concisely, though, because, man, <laughs> <laughs> took us about 10 minutes to go. Exactly. But anyway. Uh, yeah. But. Um, so it, we really haven't touched on any of the minor characters or anything, and I don't necessarily feel like we have to. Right. Um, but was there anything else that, that stuck out to you or anyone else or um, um, anything else you wanted to go over? I think it was uh, one of the friends, Leper was his last name, who actually... I think they called him Leper. Yeah, I don't know name? his real name. I just Le- remember him as oh, Lepelier? Le- uh, Le- 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 or something Maybe. like that? I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's Lepelier Le- or Lepelier. Okay, okay. Well, he, um, in the book... Like, I, he was their age, right? Or he was a little bit younger than them, but he enlisted. I think so. Yeah. And went away, and they would always, in their minds or together, talk about, oh, all the adventures he's on, mm-hmm. you know, in this wartime and all the things he's seeing yeah. and doing and kind of built it up um, in their minds. Yeah. Maybe, again, as a, a defense mechanism, because... Or maybe the, it just in ignorance because they didn't know what war really entails. But yeah. he comes back totally messed up. And uh, I think he actually, doesn't he run away like he's AWOL? Yeah, he um, basically went AWOL. And then I think he actually like um, sent a message basically to yeah. Gene yeah. that he wanted to, to meet him. and he did, But he didn't want anyone to know yeah. um, because he, he had gone AWOL. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's an interesting um, part of the story to me, just because it's another, um, okay, here is, you know, we're going to, like, only think about this school, only think about our friends, make it all seem rosy, wonderful, but in reality... This is what's happening, and right. Um, and he couldn't take it. He couldn't deal with it. Um, it was too much. So yeah. I I just thought that that was uh, an interesting uh, perspective yeah. and character to put in there. And this just kind of occurred to me. But do you feel like maybe everything that's happening at the school is maybe a little bit of a microcosm of what's happening in the world? Hmm. Like these boys are trying to um, hmm. go through this last summer and whatnot. Yeah. But they're sort of pushing the reality away. Yeah. And then you know, um, you've got Lapelier who's yeah, you know, going out into the to the actual right. war and right. You know, mm-hmm. everybody back at home just kind of pretending that he's yes. having a random time. In fact, which in fact, I honestly wonder where where exactly the line was of how much they really believe that. Because mm-hmm. they they would even, I, I think that they would even like kind of put him in all these different scenarios mm-hmm. from things that they were like reading in yes. the newspapers and stuff. Yes, they'd be like, oh, so, like, he's there and he's doing this and fighting right. these people. He probably but, like, led the the charge, you know? 
Yeah, but like these places, like from you know these things that had happened in the newspaper, it happened all over the globe. Yeah. So they obviously knew he wasn't literally. Yeah. Oh, now he's in Gallipoli. Oh, now he's at Dunkirk. Oh no, or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know the dates well enough to actually put those in order and stuff. But you right. know what I mean? Like they knew. They knew he wasn't literally at all of those things because it was stuff from all over right, the world. Right. So, on some level, they were joking because yes, but in that you joking, know they knew he wasn't literally doing that. But I think within that, yeah, yeah they I think made within him that joking into a hero, and then when he came back, they realized that it was the like completely different than what they had built up in their mind. And and that goes back to the tree scenario. Like you yeah. build this up in your mind and then reality yeah. is so different. Or like even um that sounds so familiar to me too because like even um you know, you think about maybe the end of your college years or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, one of your friends gets married at the end of college and, (laughs) you know, comes back and is talking to you about married life and you thought she'd come back and tell you all about her fairy tale. Mm, Yeah. And she comes back and she's like telling you good things, but also like how much hard work it is and the different things that have come into their lives Mm -hmm. and, you know, and you're like, oh. Yeah. Okay. You know, like that's such a familiar Mm -hmm. feeling of like... Mm -hmm you know, projecting your image of what happens in a marriage or in a war or in, you know, what, you know, whatever scenario you want to think of as something that Mm -hmm. seemed almost romantic in your brain. Mm -hmm. Um, And the reality is, you know, it's real life. And it really is that innocence that you just don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And... They just didn't know what war was really like. We don't. We yeah. didn't know what marriage was really like. Right. So, um, yeah. Uh, like I go back and forth between was he sticking his head in the sand or was he just yeah. innocent and and idealistic and yeah. So who knows? I don't know. Yeah. A little bit of both, like you said, probably, but yeah. Yeah, it's just kind of fun to think about and also fun to think about how I can look at the book differently than my son, you know? Right, yeah. It goes back to that as well, so just kind of cool. But And one day maybe he'll read it again and be like, oh, I missed this and this, or I didn't think about this in this way. So... Who knows? Yeah. But. Uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, I think that's. Yeah. Wrap her up. Yeah, I, I think so. What do you think? Yeah. So okay. we are going to rate the book. And usually we do on a scale of one to five, which we like to um, do our scale in coffee since, you know, grounds for discussion. The theme. Yeah. <laughs> Which we actually haven't talked about at all today. You got some coffee. I know. I did, I did have coffee and I drank it all. <laughs> oh, well, that's okay. Yes. You know, that that's bound to happen. Yes. I did put a little <laughs> treat in there and put uh, some some whipped cream today. <laughs> Ooh, nice. Just nice. a little treat. Did you have, nice. you had something, right? 
I do. I have, um, it's like a prepared, um, cold brew style thing, okay. but it was, it was a different brand. It's called Busy, hmm. but, I've never heard that. um, so yeah, I had, I had that and, you know, yeah. a little stuff on top, yes. but good to go. Doctor so, it up. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, we, um, we rate our books on a scale of one to five. One is Folgers because... We do not like Folgers. Two, <laughs> Duncan. Three, eight o'clock. Four is a Javalia, and five is a Pete's. Which, by the way, I think we have a convert, Laura, to really um, Pete's. Someone was saying yesterday or the day before that they now drink Pete's because they heard about it from us. <laughs> really? I was like, Look at yeah, that. Doing some good in That's the world. That's awesome. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Bringing good coffee to good people. No, um, but seriously, we do. We I I love you. I yes, think it's really good. But anyway, I really do too. So. And it's one of the f- few supermarket brands yeah. that will put a roast date, and I appreciate mm. that. Mm. Yes, I know you buy love your roast dates. A roast, a roast date. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm I'm ridiculous. But hey, um, but yeah, you like so. what you like. Exactly. So okay, Chica, lay it on me. All right. Um, I, I would say I would probably give this book a. I think I would give it a Javalia. Okay. All right. Um, I I really did like um reading it. I like the story. I like how it was written. I liked our discussion on it. Um, and I thought that it ran pretty smoothly. It wasn't too long. It didn't like, yeah, really get bogged down in details. Yeah. Um, I think I wouldn't give it a Pete's only because, um, it, it was not like the most engaging book that I've ever read. I wasn't like, I can't wait to turn the page, you know? Right, right. But I I enjoyed it. So I'd, I, I would give All it right. a Javalia. Yeah. Right. But I feel like a broken record because I've been giving Javalias left and right. So. Well, you know, if that's what you what you got. That's right. You, gotta, you know, you got to tell like it is. That's right. You know? Yeah. Um, so I always feel like I'm copying you. Cause <laughs> I, I really, I really did try to think before. Yes. Before. Good for so you. I, I'm really not trying to copy. Good for but, you. Um, but I will say I usually include our discussion yes. as factoring into that as well. Yes. So I always do it before you tell yours. Uh-huh. It's usually toward the end of the conversation. Yes. Yeah. So I, I'm just putting that out there. I agree. Because um, you saw my hesitation. I had to think for a second. So, yes. You know, exactly. I understand. And. Yeah. So um, I, I, too, am giving it a Javalia. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, reason being, I agreed with all of your 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 points. Mm-hmm. And I also felt like it just has such a ring of truth about mm-hmm. it and such a, a it evokes so much memory of how it feels yes. to be an adolescent. Yes. Um, what it feels like to be in in, a, in the body of an adolescent, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I agree. Like it's very, uh, there's a lot there, but it's very pared down. Mm-hmm. He didn't include a lot of extra things that yes. didn't really need to be there. So every, it's like almost every event really kind of has to be there. Mm-hmm. He's really done a good job 
of par- paring it down to the essentials yeah. of the story, yeah. um, which I appreciate because mm-hmm. I think that's that's very hard to do. Mm. Um, you really have to know, you know, you you have to know where you're going <laughs> with it. Where you're going, yeah. you have to know the psychology of what to include mm. for the for everyone to get the feeling of who this character is and who that character is. Um, so I, I and I think he's done a really brilliant job mm-hmm. with that. So, um, but I am giving it a four a, and. Basically for the same reasons, because um, I tend to reserve the fives for books that were just a pure delight. Like, I just really loved reading it, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, So I don't don't throw out a five. Very easily. Too too, too easily. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I may be too hard of a judge, but um, yeah. (laughs) Well, apparently. Give it a ditch of all, yeah. Yeah. We judge very similarly, so. (laughs) We we do tend to, which is funny, because it's not always for the same reasons. Right. This time it is. Right, Yeah. So do you want to tell the book for next month? Yeah. um, So next month, and we had hoped to kind of give you guys a little extra leeway, and it ended up not being able to happen because of technical issues last Mm -hmm. month. But next month book is The Stand, and it is a biggie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's a really big book. Um, So we had hoped to kind of give you some extra time by putting it out. Mm -hmm. Maybe not early, but, like, anyway. Yeah. so anyway, it is a really, really monster yeah. book, um, The Stand by Stephen King. But I will um, say, well, it has nothing to do with how long it is, but uh, when I say that we're reading The Stand, I had I have had multiple people say, is that a classic? So what is your... And that's fair. What is your take on that? That's fair. So I wouldn't necessarily call it a the class of... I, I wouldn't necessarily call it a cla- Oh my gosh. <laughs> I wouldn't call it a classic in the sense of like a literature classic, uh-huh. but I would call it a classic in the sense of like a pop culture classic. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. And I know those aren't the same things. Right. Um, but I think that's kind of what's fun about it to throw in something that's maybe not mm-hmm. exactly. It's not literature classic. Mm-hmm. It's not like a they're going to assign this in high school right, classic. Right. No, it's not that. But um, it's it, it is kind of part of the culture at this mm-hmm. point. Um, because even if you've never read it or don't know it, you'll probably be surprised to see how many things about it. You're like, oh, that's from that mm-hmm. or the ideas or the themes or something, you know, mm-hmm. um, and I will also say it's an interesting read now mm. because of the subject matter mm. and just having come out of a pandemic. Okay. I, um, I, this is another one I don't, going into it, I don't know the premise, so. Okay. Yeah. You will, it, it, I'm not giving anything away either. Okay. It, it starts. Okay. Okay. With that. So, um, so yeah. So that being said, um, how do I want to say it? This book is not for everyone. Mm. If you don't feel you can read this book, that is totally fine. Mm. Um, I'm almost finished with the book, and there's a lot of content that's going to be objectionable, mm. and I'm just going to put that out there okay. on the front end. Okay. Um, so, you know, I, I, I don't know whether to tell you to read it or not, yeah. but um, we are going to review it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to do this so, thing, Laura. Yeah. and I had never read it before either so I went into it blind too I knew a little but not much okay so okay yeah well all I can see is the front cover so and Stephen King has a I mean he's known for creepy scary oh so much so yeah exactly I don't know 
I don't know what to yeah. expect, but yeah, I'm excited. So yeah, that's our next, our next pick. Yes. So, and you can tell people, yeah, no, it's not a true classic, but right. Oh right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So pop culture. Anyway, classic. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so on that note, I would love to, uh, say goodbye and say thank you again for, um, listening to Grounds for Discussion, where the books and the coffee are a perfect blend.